I don't know if you saw this, but I enjoy a game called Elden Ring, and there's a guy by the name of uh, I'll solo her. Yeah, but like the let me solo her yeah. or whatever. The guy with the pot on his head. Yep. <laughs> and yeah, he basically just sits by the summoning thing for the final boss and he's racked up and helped the community so much by like killing the final boss for people so many times that fucking bandai namco with fromsoft sent him a gift box that was a fucking sword oh no shit it was like in game with like a bunch of notes and stuff like hey you're a great part of the like right, community yeah. and stuff so i was like well if I get good enough, maybe I could be. <laughs> maybe, maybe I could get a sword. Now everybody's gonna have to find their own boss to solo. Yeah, and yeah. Up. I like. Hey, anybody want fire giant? Anyone want to come help me with the fucking first one? I still haven't made it past that. So if anybody wants to, you know, come. At this point, I'd probably do it now. I probably, got fucking. I'm what? level 69, and hey, I don't want to nice. level up now. <laughs> right? That's where you get stuck, where you're like, well, <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> level 69, 420 health. Okay. <laughs> I win. I win. <laughs> no, I I know I can't do that, because I'm still going through Ronnie's quest, and there's the invader guy in one of the parts, and I fucking he like ports out and he's the most annoying fucking thing and i die to him so much where i'm like yeah i'm probably not getting a sword (laughs) (laughs) not not yet (laughs) not quite yet but you just gotta figure out the math of it yeah figure out the timing and blah 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 yep having half played that game like for an hour and just like having you hearing you talk about it like it's changed boss fights in all games for me now. Almost yeah. all of them are a lot easier now. Like I've been playing Osiris Wrath mm. and they have the boss fights, they do they all just have their animation. Yeah. So you just like hang back, like learn it. Okay, got to, then now <laughs> Yeah. And just go yeah. and so I that's, still can't play Elden Ring, but it's helped me play other games. That's why Elden Ring was such a bitch even the first boss cuz he does the like and holds it for too long than you think. Where you're like, dodge now. And then he comes down and you're like, fuck. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's that's less effective <laughs> in other games for me. I still I can't do it for that guy because it's so much longer yeah. than you think. And part of me thinks it goes longer if he hits you with it a tick, because then like you wait and then it go and then it still gets you. Yeah. And like yeah. you have to wait longer. Or it's like, God damn it. <laughs> and the whole like if you dodge into the attacks a lot more than if you dodge away you'll yeah. be a lot better off like that's helped me yep. in a few things that helped me beat uh super shredder and ninja turtles hell yeah on his last thing because i keep jumping away from his butt i was like wait no and i jump at Go him in. and i cleared yeah. him all and i was like fuck yeah because then you're <laughs> right there to punch him when the attack's yeah. done too and i was like this is this is amazing <laughs> no i for half a second i don't know why I legit thought you were going to talk about uh, that house flipping simulator. Oh, they put on I've, been, I've been playing that. Is it any good? <laughs> it's pretty fun. All right. <laughs> I've, been think, I've been thinking about putting it on my PC. I didn't want to fuck around with it on console because it, it seemed too like too wild. Yeah. But when it showed the like you having to wire up 
the outlets and stuff. Mm-hmm. That's when I was yeah. like, okay, maybe this will be neat. Yeah. Like, it's very much one of those like, uh, like I don't know what to play, but I want to waste fucking time, and you get just sucked in it. That's why I, I still play that fucking chip breaker game like that. Oh, to just go do those puzzles and get the salvage? I'm like, this just tearing ships apart, and like, that goes there, and this goes here. I I have one on my phone for when I want to do that. It's called The Secret of Cat Island. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. You're just these two little kitties, and you you get shipwrecked on an island, and then it's one of the where you just have to, like, tap stuff, and it takes energy to do things, and then you run out of energy after a certain Mm -hmm. time. It, just do that it's like an explorey game i built like yeah. a house and a mill and there's a person and you're rebuilding cat island now so you show up and you can see like <laughs> they show you like a castle in the distance yeah and something else and they're like oh fuck what's going on at cat island but then you have to like clear the paths to like get the fog out of the way to get mm-hmm. to the but then on the way it's like making you do the whole guy and yeah like before bed or like if i'm sitting at break at work and i'm just like i don't know what to do i was just oh okay because <laughs> it's got the quest mini bar thing right yeah, there so yeah. you don't ever have to actually like look at the map you just like quest this quest this hit thing do do <laughs> do do and it's just a bunch of taps and then the eyelids slowly slowly getting revealed but i actually have a tap cat game that i play too no but shit. yeah it's a it's a little they're on a little farm and they make stews but it's the same shit where it's just nice. like you watch a meter go up and you press a button yep. and then they harvest the like radishes and throw it in a stew. Yep, you can make food here. <laughs> I got a little I got a little plot on this one. I can grow beans, corn, or I think radishes, honestly. I think it might be it. Some some goofy yeah. shit. I'm not sure. But uh yeah. Cat <laughs> cat phone games. Slightly different than Elden Ring, but <laughs> Elden Ring might be better if there was a cat farmer in it somehow. There's with that game. There's always a we go like go. Oh, there's nothing good out, and then like games are shit now. And then I like muster up the. I'm gonna fight a fucking boss today, and then I get playing that, and I'm like, this is like the best game in the fucking world. <laughs> the games are. Good. <laughs> yeah, I really still to this day. I really wish I could get into it. I don't know why. I've always thought about going back and maybe making just a magic character because yeah. then I don't have to get into fights. I could just stay back and like hurl spells at people and hopefully yeah. survive more. But be prisoner and do both. Do both. <laughs> and I just I don't know. One of the maybe one day. I don't know. I just <laughs> you got to think of it too. Like it's like Breath of the Wild, where like don't you're you're not supposed to follow the like gold shit you're just supposed to explore until you find something yeah you're just supposed to go because that but that's also i only played like four hours of breath of the wild and then yeah. got lost too because <laughs> like I, I i need to be handheld a little bit yeah, i guess yeah. i guess is what i'm saying like i don't know because then i'm i'm also gonna complain like if a game is like sometimes i complain if a game is super linear yeah you know what i mean yeah. to where like i think i'd games are just like a total package type deal for mm. me like it's hard to be like i like action games or whatever because like yeah. I, l- I enjoyed playing devil may cry 5 but then i tried to play some i can't even remember what and i was like meh <laughs> <laughs> eh. yeah you know right um 
and then but now i'm digging asura's wrath which is very similar yeah so it's like i don't know i think i just got to be into it type of a deal because like i like age of empires but i've tried to play other strategy games and Mm. i'm like (laughs) where it's (laughs) like i don't necessarily i'm not like an rts fan only i like this one and i like that one but that's always been an issue for me is trying to like Oh, I've liked playing this game for an hour. I'm will only play games like that now. You know mm. what I mean? Or yeah. like trying to oh, make yeah. like a a label or like fit into a box of like I'm a Halo player or right. I'm a what instead of just like I just play the games I like and then if I don't like the game, I don't like it, like mm. whatever, but I just get stuck cuz then it's just analysis paralysis of like <laughs> there's so many and what do you want to play yeah. how do you sort out which one's good you kind of have to like latch on to a feature you like or it's like mm-hmm. i kind of like rpg mechanics like i like customizing my character with levels but like that's a million different versions yeah. of a game yep. to where like that also doesn't really help like so mm. you just that's why I like Game Pass and shit, and just like, oh yeah, you get lucky, and then. I mean, I wouldn't have played fucking House Flipper if it wasn't on Game Pass. Right, I never even would have known it's a thing, and then I, I did actually see they're gonna put Pressure Wash Simulator on Game oh, Pass nice. too. Fuck yeah! I was like, this is this is getting silly, <laughs> but I definitely thought about playing that House Flip Simulator because like, I enjoy the decorating part of like sims games and stuff yeah. like that's fun to like oh i'm gonna make a space room or yeah. some sort of fucking shit i like that that was what i enjoyed by animal crossing too and we, everybody was into that for a minute i would just take all the stuff and design the insides of the houses and it has a good um it makes you feel it's like a with my truck simulator i hired people like i expanded my thing and i actually hired people so house flipper has that same type of like you're starting from the ground where you're just like a cleaner and putting like small shit that they ask for in houses and then you just grow up to actually like getting something that's broken the fuck down and just making it oh really yeah okay i thought you started right from scratch and it was basically just going to give you a bunkhouse shit and then it was going to you know give you a starting budget and then it was up to you to no make the house and flip you know what i mean like where yeah you're gonna you make it you won't be able to afford anything really cool you know basic sink basic this put the couch in whatever but then it lets you flip it for the 50 grand or what and then you get to pick like this plot or that plot but just clean it and stuff yeah and then you work your way up to to doing that shit (laughs) right then you save up your own money and buy a shit house on the side yeah like a real flipper yep (laughs) wow Well, you want to <laughs> get to it? Get off of gaming. That's all right. It's what, what we've been doing. <laughs> Welcome to the High I'm Drunk Podcast with your hosts, Jason and Mitchell. <laughs> it finally wasn't just a start of bitching about game. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. We actually had some positive stuff to right. say, so I was like, might as well just keep that going. I mean, I can bitch about my polls. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I still have shit to bitch we about. We always got stuff to bitch about. <laughs> um, no, we don't We don't need to do that. We can uh, We can go. We can uh, We can start a new month, yeah. new topic. Um, we're going to talk about music. We're going to be doing bands again. Hell yeah. That was a fun one back in the day, and then mm. we can probably extend it for a while because we're kind of... I don't know. No, we're not really starting. This is kind of a new month. Yeah, it is a new Check month. Check that out. I don't know what day <laughs> it is. Anyway, 
Uh, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start. Uh, I'm gonna talk about Rage Against the Machine. Um, I've been jamming them a lot lately for Rolling whatever down reason. Rodeo with a shotgun. And y- yeah, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> all their songs are great. I, like <laughs> it's so wild. Huh? Oh, uh, before we dive deep into them, uh, have you seen um, the radio station that uh, laid a bunch of people off? And so to be assholes to the radio station for just laying people off, they played Killing in the Name of over and over and over yeah, again. For like, it was like all day, right? Yeah. yeah. And then somebody called in and was like, hey, can you play something other than Rage Against the Machine? And they were like, yeah, what do you want to hear? And they were like, literally anything. And they were like, yeah, thanks for calling in. And then, bah, bah, bah. <laughs> <laughs> and they just played it more. Yeah. Like, and no, <laughs> nope, nope, only rage Fucking all day. No, I did, I did see that. I thought <laughs> there's a different radio station kind of neat little thing in here. I thought you were going to steal that oh. from me. I got so nervous for a second. I was like, you little shit, <laughs> you shit. But no, that's not it. Yeah. yeah but that's because that happened like within the, like recently. This week. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. No. So rage against the machine. Um, I guess. Real quick, just to do the the overall summary yeah. we normally do at the start. Um, American rock band from Los Angeles, California, formed in 1991. The group consists of vocalist Zach De La Rocha, uh, bassist and backing vocalist Tim Comerford, guitarist Tom Morello, and drummer Brad Wilk. So that's the short and sweet of it. If you don't like us, you can <laughs> go on to the next episode now. Um, but in 1991... Following the breakup of guitarist Tom Morello's former band Lockup, uh, his the former Lockup drummer John Knox encouraged Tim Comerford and Zach De La Rocha to jam with Tom Morello as the drummer knew Morello was looking to start a new group. Uh, Morello soon contacted Brad Wilk, who had an unsuccessful audition for both Lockup and the band that would later become Pearl Jam. Oh, so he almost, <laughs> yeah, almost got Pearl Jam, but not quite. Um, but the lineup named themselves Rage Against the Machine after a song De La Rocha had written for his former underground hardcore punk band Inside Out. Um, wonder what that first jam session sounded like, though, with all of those guys in the same room. Yeah, <laughs> um, <clears throat> I he, either amazing or. <laughs> terrible yeah right. you know what i mean like it was either one of them like kind of the stories you hear like when you read zeppelin documentaries they all say like the four of them went in there and after 20 minutes everybody in the room was like yep this is what we're doing yeah. like it just every like it just worked or because this is so different was mm-hmm. it like a little bit of like wonkies and yeah stuff, you know yeah. what i mean yeah. i don't i don't know you, yeah, you hear the other stories where, like, we didn't find our sound until <laughs> after our first album. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and um, we'll get into it, but these guys didn't have that problem, really. Um, the blueprint for the group's major label debut album, a demo tape called Rage Against the Machine, was laid on a 12-song self-release cassette, and the cover image of which featured newspaper clippings of the stock market section with a single match taped to the inlay <laughs> card. Um, it was 12 songs. Not all of them made it onto the final album. Uh, two were eventually included as B-sides, while three others never actually saw official release. Um, 
Several record labels expressed interest, and the band eventually signed with Epic Records. Uh, Morello said, Epic agreed to everything we asked, and they followed through. We never saw an ideological conflict as long as we maintained creative control. Hell yeah. Um, So the band's debut album, titled Rage Against the Machine, reached triple platinum status, driven by heavy radio play of the song Killing in the Name, (laughs) a heavy driving track featuring only eight lines of lyrics. Um, The Fuck You version, which contains 17 instances of the word fuck, was once accidentally played on BBC Radio (laughs) 1 Top 40 single show on February 21st, 1993. Um The album's cover featured Malcolm Brown's Pulitzer Prize-winning photograph of a Vietnamese Buddhist monk burning himself to death in Saigon in 1963 in protest of the murder of Buddhists by U.S.-backed Prime Minister... Uh, the U.S. back prime minister. I am not going to try to say his name. I'm sorry. I was gonna, and then I backed out. Um, the album was produced by Garth Richardson, which is a wild ass name. <laughs> to produce to promote the album, the band went on tour playing at Lollapalooza in 1993, and as support for suicidal tendencies in Europe. Um, after their debut album, the band appeared on the soundtrack for the film Higher Learning with the song "Year of the Boomerang." Um, they also re-recorded the song Darkness from their original demo for the soundtrack of The Crow, while No Shelter appeared on the Godzilla soundtrack. They're just getting movie deals out there. And the three fucking... dope-ass movies. Yeah. Like, Higher Learning's pretty cool. The Crow. The Crow's yeah. awesome. And fucking Godzilla. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Godzilla. Um, despite rumors... Which Godzilla? I, the... I don't know. The like remake one with the weird looking Godzilla. Yeah, the, it's the album soundtrack to the 1998 film yeah. Godzilla, the yeah. one with uh, Matthew Broderick and whatnot. Yeah. I thought it was that one. I just wanted to make sure. Yeah, but that's the one that's also got the like Puff Daddy remixed version of Cashmere by Zeppelin. Yeah. That's just yeah. like <laughs> awful, and everybody's like, "What the fuck, dude?" Um. But despite rumors of a breakup for several years, Rage Against the Machine's second album, Evil Empire, entered the Billboard's top 200 at number one in 1996 and also subsequently rose to triple platinum status. Uh, The song Bulls on Parade was performed on Saturday Night Live in April 1996. The planned two-song performance was cut to one song when the band attempted to hang inverted American flags from their amps, um, which is a sign of distress or great danger. Um, a protest against having Republican presidential candidate Steve Forbes as a guest host on the program for the (laughs) night. Which is <laughs> the producer either knew exactly what they were doing or not at all yeah, what they were yeah. doing. You know what I mean? That's either like, let's bring these two together and see if this guy gets killed, or like, <laughs> what the fuck? You know what I mean? You're like, let's have the, one of the most politically charged acts ever on with a Republican yeah, presidential right. candidate. I also want to like, I love the idea too of the like they just scheduled them independently and then like as they're in the like talk room they're like and who's our guests for this time and it's just like this guy in rage against the machine and they're like oh fuck uh oh <laughs> uh oh we might have goofed on this one guys someone needs to go tell those boys to behave <laughs> and they're like yeah no not not quite going to happen really <laughs> but i can i 
I mean, the one song they did put on on Saturday Night Live is pretty good. You could find it on YouTube. Yeah. It's, it's good performance, but yeah, it's these dudes are a bit wild. I don't know why they thought any of this was a good yeah. idea. Um, in 1997, the band opened for U2. <laughs> On what a their, weird show. On their Pop Mart tour, for which all of Rage's profits went to support organizations such as the Union of Needle Trades, Industrial and Textile Employees, Women Alive, and the Zapatista Front for National Liberation. Uh, Rage subsequently began a, a headlining U.S. tour with special guest Wu-Tang Clan, which is a way better show <laughs> yeah. than fucking U2 and Rage. <laughs> Rage and Wu-Tang? <laughs> Bruh, that's <laughs> wild. Uh, police in several jurisdictions unsuccessfully <laughs> attempted to have the concerts canceled, citing, amongst other reasons, the band's violent and anti-law enforcement philosophies. <laughs> uh, Wu-Tang were eventually removed from the lineup and replaced with The Roots when Wu-Tang Clan pulled a no-show during a concert at Riverport. Uh, on the Japan leg of their tour promoting Evil Empire, a compilation album composed of the band's B-side recordings titled Live and Rare was released. A live video, also titled Rage Against the Machine, was later released that same year. I'm still stuck on the YouTube with them. What a on fucking their, mood their shift, pop dude. Art tour. <laughs> yeah, dude. I don't get it. I don't... Like, like, that's one of them weird, like, are you only trying to fucking... <laughs> Because it seems like so strange for you two to invite them, but then also for Rage to accept it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it uh, it just, it doesn't add up. And I wonder, cause they, because they went and mentioned that all the profits went to, like, charity organizations. Mm-hmm. Like, if they did it with the, like, we're going to sell the fuck out for charity type of a right, deal like yeah. this is a huge show let's like fucking millions and give it all yeah. away and then we'll go fucking on tour with wu-tang and like yeah actually like you know what i mean right or we'll if, bring in different types of people but that's uh, what you want to just get a huge fucking crowd of just uh you either like you know you two or you like rage and it's like that they don't really, I feel yeah. like, blend together. So it's if like they get their both communities how, in. How you have to do, mo- like, how there's no, like, live shows anymore. Everything is just giant festivals because mm-hmm. that's yep. what that's the only thing people actually leave the house for. Yeah. To where, like, you need everybody. Where you're like, it's fucking Nas and the White Stripes and fucking U2 and a, ra- <laughs> a cover band and yeah. war and, ev- like, everything. Yeah. And it's three days and you're like, okay. On Thursday, I'm going to see Billie Eilish. And then on Friday, I'm going to see Metallica. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yep, exactly, <laughs> fucking exactly, because I remember, like, there's a fest, like, we'll bring it up, I'm going to get more into my experiences, because we're, we're almost getting to the years of, like, me being in rage, and being, like, like into rage, yeah. and, like, this stuff, because, like, I'll, spoiler alert, I'll get into it a little <laughs> bit, whatever, like, 2008, they come back for Lollapalooza, yeah. and, like, I was 18, mm-hmm. like, I was like, I only i was 50 bucks short of a ticket the day they sold out like i like i was every dollar to my name being an 18 year old i was like please yeah and i couldn't get it because and then it was a whole thing like you got to get all this but yeah i like vividly remember all this and the hype behind it and everything but in 1999 rage against the machine played at the greatest festival of all time woodstock 99 fuck yeah dude the following release the battle of los angeles their third record also debuted at number one selling 450,000 copies in the first week and then going double platinum which is pretty wild that it went all 
like it was crazy first, but then the rest of them went triple platinum. Yeah, and this yep. one only went double. Yeah, of course, like what happened? Yeah, what's going on here? How short are you? <laughs> that same song, that same year, the song "Wake Up" was featured on a soundtrack for the film "The Matrix." Uh, the track Calm Like a Bomb was later featured in the film's sequel, The Matrix Reloaded. <laughs> just, I just, I like The Matrix and stuff, so I thought that was cool. Um, and in 2000, uh, the band planned to support the Beastie Boys on the Rhyme and Reason tour. However, the tour was canceled when Beastie Boys drummer uh, suffered a serious injury. And in 2003, the Battle of Los Angeles was ranked number 426 on Rolling Stone's list of the 500 greatest albums of all time, which none of it makes any sense because that's the best album, but it sold the least. And I just don't think Rolling Stone quite gets it. Yeah. Cause, Dude. Because Rage Against the Machine, just their first album, yeah. is fucking incredible. Yeah. It's yep. incredible. It's just like... No disrespect to their other two incredible albums, but like the first one's the best. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's it's great. Yeah. It's really, really good. I mean, even to that, like everybody when you see like rage associated, it's always evil empire. Yeah. Like everybody fucking it's like the kid yellow background shit and like everybody knows that album and looks at it and goes like, Yeah, that's the Rage Against the Machine album. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. That, oh, damn, that one's great, too. <laughs> uh, on January 26th uh, in the year 2000, an altercation during filming of the video for Sleep Now in the Fire, directed by Michael Moore, caused the doors of the New York Stock Exchange <laughs> to be closed and the band to be escorted from the site by security after the band, band members attempted to gain entry into the exchange. Uh, the video shoot had attracted several hundred people, according to a representative for the city's deputy commissioner of public information. Uh, New York City's film office does not allow weekly weekday film shoots on Wall Street. Moore had permission to use the steps of the Federal Hall National Memorial, but did not have a permit to shoot on the sidewalk or the street, uh, nor did he have a loud noise permit or the proper parking permits. Uh, <laughs> And then Tom Morello says, Michael basically gave us one directorial instruction. No matter what happens, don't stop playing. When the band left the steps, police officers apprehended Moore and led him away. Moore yelled to the band, take the New York Stock Exchange. (laughs) In an interview with the socialist worker, Morello said he and scores of others ran into the stock exchange. He said about 200 of us got through the first set of doors, but our charge was stopped when the stock exchange's titanium riot doors came crashing down. He says, for a few minutes, Rage Against the Machine was able to shut down American capitalism, <laughs> uh, an act that I am sure tens of thousands of downsized citizens would cheer. Um, in, 2000, in, in the same year, in September, the band attended the MTV Music Video Awards and performed Testify after Best Rock Video Award was given to Limp Biscuit, Hell not, yeah. not Rage. <laughs> Tim Comerford climbed onto the scaffolding of the set. Comerford and his bodyguard were sentenced to a night in jail, and De La Rocha reportedly left the awards after the stunt. Uh, Morello recalled Comerford relaying his plan to the rest of the band before the show and that both he and De La Rocha advised against it immediately after uh, Biscuit was presented with the award, (laughs) Uh, basically. So they didn't win, and he threw a big old hissy fit, climbed on the stage. (laughs) Um, 
On October 18th, in the year 2000, De La Rocha released a statement announcing his departure from the band. He said, I feel that now it is necessary to leave Rage because our decision-making process has completely failed. It is no longer meeting the aspirations of all four of us collectively as a band, and from my perspective, has undermined our artistic and political ideal. Uh, Morello further explained there was so much squabbling over everything. He said, I mean everything. We would even have fist fights over whether our t-shirts should have been mauve or camouflaged. It was ridiculous. <laughs> we were patently political, internally combustible. It was ugly for a long time. Um, the band's next album, Renegades, was a collection of covers of artists as diverse like D... Devo, Minor Threat, Cypress Hill, the MC5, Africa Barbada, the Rolling Stones, Eric B. and Rakim, Bruce Springsteen, the Stooges, and Bob Dylan. Um, it achieved platinum status a month later. And the following year saw the release of another live video, The Battle of Mexico City, uh, while the year 2003 brought the live album live at the Grand Olympic Auditorium, an edited recording of the band's final concerts on September 12th and 13th. The uh, 2000 at the Grand Olympic Auditorium in Los Angeles. Um, it was accompanied by an expanded DVD release of the last show, which included a previously unreleased video for Bomb Track. Um, in the wake of the September 11th attacks, a controversial 2001 Clear Channel memorandum contained a list of a long list of songs which the the channels were no longer able to play. Um, based on lyrically questionable <laughs> and for the radio uniquely listed all of Rage Against the Machine songs. <laughs> <laughs> so that's their first kind of big jump and their big like, those are the albums they made. Yeah, they made three yeah. albums. That's what they did. Yeah. Um, it ended, they said in the year 2000, they basically just fought all the time, couldn't write songs, couldn't whatever. Yeah. Um, but now we're going to kind of I'm going to deviate just a little bit because that's too short of a story kind of a deal. Right. So we're going to kind of get into what everybody did on their own mm -hmm. and then kind of what happened. Because as I spoiled a little bit and as most people might know, like they've played shows and stuff. So yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll kind of get into that. But so just so everybody knows where we're at. I'm not stopping, but that's <laughs> basically Rage's creative output. That's when they did their damage. Yeah. God, that. You know, you get the question of like, what if you could go to any show, whatever, Woodstock '99, dude, with them, Green Day, fucking, like everybody. They're it's like, a good, it be it's a good lineup, but isn't that also like infamous as a festival for yeah. being like horrible and oh, like yeah. drug obsessed and like assault based? And so one like terrible things were happening. It's you? one. Yeah, yeah. Like one where like, could you go back and fix a show? You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Like you go back in time, like a month beforehand and you're like, you're going to need a lot more shit. Okay. <laughs> and like, if someone takes you seriously and then you get to watch it, like I'm with you. Yeah. But the only reason I couldn't say that is because, like it'd be weird to be like, I want to go back to there. And you're like, <laughs> why? Because even like the first Woodstock wasn't it all like nobody. There wasn't enough water and bathroom. People passing out, getting all fucked up mm -hmm. to where like maybe that would be. It'd be an experience, you know right. what I mean? To be like, if you made it out the other end unscathed and mm -hmm. like, and you're like, oh shit, yeah, I was there. I was in the mud. That one was, and corn was at that one too. I think, like everybody, like, bro. What? Yeah, that fucking lineup. If I could just like do the like 
get a hotel offsite. Just yeah, right. go there. <laughs> right. Or that's one where like when they start being able to like VR live videos yeah, yeah. or some shit yeah. like that. Cause like there's recordings of Woodstock mm. 99 and shit. So like if they somehow can like <laughs> amalgamate it together and digitize it and you're like, that shit's on fire, but 14, I don't have to four, deal yeah, with it. 1440 P with ray tracing. And you're just like VR, like <laughs> jamming and moshing and what, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. Then if you could see, you just like go into your filters and like assaults <laughs> Man, and you can like, fist fights and like you can turn it into your own mini game with fucking limp biscuits set as you're just fighting in the pit or something or yeah. you're like that was the greatest the greatest experience i never had to actually do yeah um yeah so i'm i mean i'm with you there i feel like if i could go back to any it'd be really hard to not vote for hendrix yeah or like the first woodstock right i'm like with you because that's like my lineup of yeah. like yeah that's everybody mm-hmm. but i'm also like i'd have to go back when i was like 19 and energetic like if i went now it'd be like hour five and it'd be like okay can I, <laughs> can I sit down or like are we gonna take a break right. or like jesus fuck show up shush, yeah. shush, shush, shush. so yeah when you i could deal with the mud being thrown at this point i'd be like fucking I'm why to, yeah fuck? like Where's where's the section for people who just want to watch? <laughs> like the corner of the stage now. Or you say like, is there tape? Like it's not like a hardcore show at a small bar where you can get back at the tables yeah, against the yep. wall and like sit when you're tired of it. Like I'm still watching, but I want to I want to have a sit. Okay? Yeah, yeah, I'm not about this. <laughs> this guy just elbowed me in the chest. I need to I need to recover. I don't just bounce anymore. We're old, um, but. After the group's breakup, we're going to start and we'll go Morello, Wilk, and Comerford, the everybody but the vocalist, mm-hmm. decided to stay together and find a new vocalist. Um, there was talk for a while of us becoming Ozzy Osbourne's backing mm-hmm. band and even Macy Gray's, said Morello, which would be terrible. <laughs> uh, we informed them that losing our singer was actually a blessing in disguise, that we had bigger ambitions than being somebody's hired musicians. Um Music producer and friend Rick Rubin suggested that they play with Chris Cornell of Soundgarden. Uh, Along with Cornell, they formed Audio Slave. Uh, The first Audio Slave single, Cochise, was released in early November 2002, and a self-titled debut album followed to mainly positive reviews uh, compared to Rage Against the Machine, most of Audio Slave's music was apolitical, although some songs touched on political issues. Their second album, Out of Exile, debuted at number one position on the Billboard charts in 2005. Uh, they released their third album, titled Revelations, on September 4th, 2006, but an accompanying tour did not happen as Cornell and Morello were working on solo albums. Uh, after months of inactivity and rumors of a breakup, Audio Slave disbanded on February 15th, 2007, after Cornell announced he was leaving the band. Rest in peace. That's a band that I always feel is like Elden Ring for me. Like... A okay. lot of a lot of people really like them, and like they've got some songs that I don't mind because mm. like I'm gonna I'm gonna we may need to edit this out if I'm <laughs> wrong because I might sound stupid. Isn't that is no? Because Spoonman is actually Soundgarden. Spoonman. Yes. Okay. All right. I was gonna say like I was like oh, that's the only one that was like in my head, and I was like that's not 
That's no. not Audio Slave, no. right? And like Black Hole Sun is Soundgarden. Yeah, 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 yeah. I knew that one. Come on, now. I knew that <laughs> one. But but that's Audio Slave is that band of like you like oh Tom Morello like he must be getting with another punk band. But it's like you got to look at it like that band's basically just taking like a dude that can write super catchy fucking riffs and doing that with somebody with a beautiful fucking voice right and just it's playing not, songs yeah it's not rage at all no. and it has like very little rage influence and i think maybe that's what threw me off because like i remember audio slave in the in, in the past mm. they're not they don't affect my current life at all like i don't know anybody that like primarily listens to them and no one really talks about like they just kind of got forgotten yeah um but growing up i was never super into sound garden itself mm. like i've as i've grown up i've liked them more and i like know what they are and appreciate their place in music like you say r.i.p and like yeah. not trying to bash on them I'm not saying they're bad at all i just they weren't for me and i think that's what the issue was audio slave was for me is i was like well, this is just bad Soundgarden, but it's, right. it's not. Yeah. Like, as I've grown yeah. up, like, it's clearly not. And But these are one, like, I've definitely grown to, like, Soundgarden more. I think I might have to give Audio Slave another go-round after this. Yeah. But I've been just too much into fucking Battle of Los <laughs> Angeles, dude. The whole reason, yeah. whole reason this came about <laughs> is, like, three fucking days straight of just, like, yup, <laughs> rage. Here we go, dude. It's so, oh, it's great. But in 2003, Morello began his own solo career. And I remember I remember this. And I remember this happening. And I damn near went to one of these fucking shows. Yeah. But he began playing political acoustic folk music at open <laughs> mic nights and various clubs under the alias The Night Watchman, uh, which he formed as an outlet for his political views while playing apolitical music with Audio Slave. Um, he first participated in Billy Bragg's Tell Us the Truth Tour, uh, with no plans to record, but later recorded a couple songs for a uh, song for a charity album, uh, the album Songs and Artists That Inspired Fahrenheit 9-11. Um, in February 2007, he announced a solo album entitled One Man Revolution, which released in April 2007. This is what I knew. Yeah. And he, he plays acoustic music, and he sings like this, <laughs> and he talks about government, and it's fucking great it's so awesome and i oh, i damn near went i was like this <laughs> he followed up his first studio album with, with the fabled city which was released uh september 30th 2008 and during the later days of his career as the night watchman morello joined up with boots riley and formed the rack rock, rap rock group street sweeper social club which released its debut self-titled album in june 2009 not as great. <laughs> Not I've as never good. even heard of it. Not as good. <laughs> it's a fun, like, rap rock, like, whatever, yeah. but, like, it's, it reminds me of, like... But if you want rap rock, just go to and Tom Morello. Just it, listen to Rage Against yes, the Machine, dude. Yes. <laughs> it, I was just going to say, it totally reminds me of, like, a PlayStation 2 game that couldn't license music, so they made, like knockoffs of the shit yeah, like tool yeah. light and stuff where they like they're like how close can we play parabola without actually getting it <laughs> yeah. like follow the structure exactly and shit like that yeah. like and so well you know meanwhile meanwhile um de la rocha had been working on a solo collaborative We're album not gonna get into is that the end for tom Morello? 
for the for the moment, what, what you got? You got some stuff to add? Because uh, he was in. Um, he played a little bit for a Perfect Circle, didn't he? I do not know. He might have. I don't remember reading anything about that. Um, but I didn't do a full like dive into each person. I just really got into Rage and then Googled their like solo projects. Yeah. But I don't. I don't remember that being listed. But I mean, probably because isn't that the fucking that's the Tool guys other band yeah, right? Yeah, that's uh, Maynard Jane Keenan. Uh, his side project is a perfect circle, and he was uh, Tom Morello's uh, one of the guitarists in that. I don't know if he still is, but he was for a while. Okay, so possibly we could that could be uh, later on. I kind of stopped at a certain year because okay. for Rage Against the Machine, it kind of at a certain point it just is what it is. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. We're, we got a few more years to kind of get where they go, and then then we're kind of at it. Yeah. All right. I just wanted to. <laughs> yeah. Fuck yeah. Mention it because I fucking love. That's another one of those like audio slavers just like super group shit because like i think billy corgan even did some stuff with them and shit like that where it's just like maynard just picked a bunch of like really good fucking people he wanted to work with and was like let's make a song yeah put it out and call it a perfect circle not bad uh, De La Rocha had been working on a solo collaborative album with DJ Shadow, Company Flow, Roni Size, and The Roots Quest Love, but dropped that project in favor of working with Trent Reznor from Nine Inch Nails. Uh, recording for that was completed, but the album has not been released. Um, a collaboration Which, between... Why the fuck not? <laughs> to, drop, like. <laughs> to drop an album with, all, with DJ Shadow, Company Flow, Quest Love for trent reznor and then to yeah never release it. yeah um a collaboration between rocha and dj shadow uh the song march of death was released free online in 2003 in protest of the imminent invasion of iraq and the 2004 soundtrack songs and artists that inspired fahrenheit 9-11 included one of the collaborations with reznor entitled we want it all um in Late 2005, De La Rocha was seen singing and playing with a uh, with a ba- the San Horacho band, Son de Madera, on multiple occasions. And R- Rage Against the Machine was ranked 33rd on VH1's 100 Greatest uh, Artists of Hard Rock in 2005. Um, I love those shows on VH1, the old VH1, like, 100 greatest, just countdown whatever. shit. Yep. Everybody loves lists, man. It's fucking fantastic. Um, because then I'm trying to figure out, because De La Rocha had uh, another thing go on around this around this time where it was um, it's, it's fucking something like a lion, I think. It was because they had a song, fucking Wild International, that was like fucking just a dude like it was called voodoo drumming or some shit he did and then fucking keyboard that was heavily distorted and then just fucking zach de la rocha over it yeah it was like i think it's called one day as a lion 
I think that's what it is. Yeah, One Day as a Lion. Yep, yep. They did one album in 2008, some fucking EP. I don't know why that's not on this <laughs> list either, but I remember because that fucking Wild International song is fucking dope. Yeah. It's got a hook. It's like, Muhammad and Christ, lay your body down. <laughs> to it. Like, he just fucking goes. It's Morello at his hardest. It's yeah. just like, dude, yes, thank you. But uh, rumors that Rage Against the Machine could reunite at the Coachella Valley Music and Arts Festival were circulating in mid-January 2007 yeah. and were confirmed on January 22nd. I remember th- I remember that because I had a buddy in high school that was like, that's, Rage is one of his favorite bands. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, and he's like, dude, they're, like, they're back. Yeah. They're coming back, he bro. He freaked the fuck out about it. This is cooler <laughs> when Terminator pops out or some shit. <laughs> This is better when The Undertaker rises up. <laughs> Goddamn Rage Against the Machine's back, boy. Uh, the band was confirmed to be headlining the final day of Coachella 2007. Uh, the reunion was described by Morello as primarily being a vehicle to voice the band's opposition to the white right-wing purgatory that the United States had slid into under the George W. Bush administration. <laughs> Uh, though the performance was initially thought to be a one-off, this turned not to be the case. On April 14th, Morello and De La Rocha reunited on stage early to perform a brief acoustic set at the Coalition of Imolaki Workers Rally in downtown Chicago. Um, they continued to tour, uh, the full band, Rage, continued to tour uh, in the United States, New Zealand, Australia, and Japan. Uh, they also played a series of shows in Europe in the summer of 2008, um, including the Prague Am Ring and Rock in, in Park, the Pink Pop Festival, Tea in the Park in Scotland, and the Hostfred Festival in Sweden. Um, the band also performed on August 2nd, 2008, as one of the headliners, um, Radiohead, Kanye West, and Nine Inch Nails <laughs> being the other three for the 2008 Lollapalooza Music Festival. Talk about a festival trying to get everybody, dude. This is the one, dude. <laughs> I tried so fucking hard to go. I was like, oh, shit, I don't care about Kanye West, but fuck. 2008, isn't that Kanye's drop of the heartbeats and whatever? 808s and heartbreaks. Yeah. I, I I think I'm so not a Kanye aficionado. Yeah. That's probably wrong, but it's something like that. It was real close. He was fucking big. Then. Yeah. Like, yep. And like not global big. Like you, like this like crazy sellout festival is mm-hmm. huge. Like, yep. you know, I don't, um, who else? Radiohead and Nine Inch Nails. Nine Inch Nails. Yeah. Bit of a diversity. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, when asked in May 2007 if the band were planning on writing a new album, Morello replied, there are no plans to do that. That's a whole other ball of wax right there. <laughs> writing and recording <laughs> albums is a whole different thing than getting back on the bike yep. you know, and playing these songs. But I think the one thing about the Rage catalog is that none of it feels dated. You know, It doesn't feel at all like a nostalgia show. It feels like these songs that were born and bred to be played now. Yeah, which I'd have to agree that like to get to get your like bandmate back and just play your old shit compared to actually going in a studio with them trying to be creative with when they had very big creative differences right like, um yeah and that's bit yeah you know what i mean like that 
Yeah, just go in, play your part, and leave. Like you can yeah. just be a band and play a show, and like you don't even have to talk to any of the mm, rest. You can right. fucking fully hate everybody and just show up five minutes before your set, tune up, play your part, fucking nail it, and give a show, to your and fucking limo and or dip, whatever. Yep, and just leave, and you don't even got a nothing. You know yeah. what I mean? Like pretend to give a couple of. Mm, like, <laughs> yeah you know what i mean <laughs> maybe give a back-to-back yeah, strummings yeah. with the bassist <laughs> once or twice to just like fucking pretend but like especially at big festival shows like this the stage mm. is huge oh, right? you know yeah. what i mean like you could just fuck around in your own little, <laughs> you don't even know how to do nothing like dude you got the metronome or the whatever in your mm. ear and you just fucking, oh, i don't want to hear him at all <laughs> here's my play and doop 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 and just fucking whatever dude move on with it yeah um in 2008 uh they basically continue to play shows uh during the two during the the democratic national convention in denver rage headlined a free tent state music festival to end the war uh the band was supported by the flowbot state radio jello biafra and wayne kramer fucking flowbot i love flowbots <laughs> you watch your mouth i love them i can ride my bike with no handlebars no handlebars I can. <laughs> I can see all the strings that control the future. <laughs> I fucking love that song, dude. It's so dumb. I loved it. Oh, my God. I unironically listened to that song. This is like freshman college, Mitchell. Uh, yeah. This is what I got in tune with when I was like getting into this. I was like, I know Rage was done then, but like I almost missed them. Cause like, like their first album, I was 11. You know what I mean? You said Flowbots, and I'm thinking like me, high school, like – like cruise like shit really just smoking weed driving around the yes. fucking shit yep. and like i can remember with and no like doing, bar, no doing ha- dumb he, high school he starts shit. doing all the silly wordplay shit with i can do i can yeah. i can uh i can you replace the batteries the remote control like weird shit yeah. that you're like what it's fucking great them and cake yeah yeah, yeah. right around that time too dude and Ugh. It sadly Lonely Island. That's funny though. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, dude. At one point, I knew every single word to "I'm on a boat." Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean. Yeah. Like it just because that was around the same time too. It was like that was a very. I was actually like, that was the break point. "I'm on a boat" was the last thing that everybody knew. Not from the internet. I'm on a boat went viral from a movie. Yeah. And like when we were in high school, like I tried to explain this to somebody, like we didn't have, like the internet was just getting, you had like MySpace, we had Facebook, like it's not like we were in the Stone Age, mm. but like you didn't get your humor from TikTok or like from yeah. memes. Like meme right. culture didn't exist yet. Like mm. the memes were movies. Like you would meet up with your buddies and you would just quote movies back and forth to yeah. each other. Like yeah. when Talladega Nights came out, the amount of times I said <laughs> to people, like, if you don't chew Big Red, then fuck you. Like <laughs> nonsense, dude. We would just sit there and like my buddies and I would be like half playing Madden and then somebody would go, the Jackhawk 9000, available at Walmart. And then we'd go, fuck it, if you don't chew Big Red or something, then he does Maypax, Fish Tampire Net, Fish Pad Maypax. Like we would just. Yeah. say lines in movies fuck to each you other. chuck norris exactly <laughs> exactly dude just shit like if you could dodge a wrench you could dodge a ball yeah and just throw shit at people like and that's that's what you did and i think the lonely island especially i'm on a boat from Step Brothers. Mm. i think that was the the last thing that did that right then i think afterwards it was memes yeah yep because 
I can like meme culture. I remember starting when I started college, which yeah, and then it was just the like, and even then memes were just like ra- the baby, the, ba- the ra- baby, yeah. and like the rage faces. Yeah, and, yeah, it was just yeah, success baby, where you like, like try head fart didn't shit. Yeah, success baby, <laughs> yeah. something right. like that. Yeah, I yep. I remember having like the Rage Face app on my phone where I could put <laughs> the faces into text and people would be like, we got to do homework. And it'd be the, the face <laughs> and shit or something like, or the one that says impossible. Like, it's just yeah. fucking awful. Um, but uh, in December 2008, Morello revealed that Rage Against the Machine shows in 2009 were a possibility, although plans for the band to record a new studio album were very unlikely. Uh, when asked by Billboard.com whether they planned to head into the studio in 2009, Morello stated, We've had a wonderful year and a half playing shows, and I don't see any reason to not play more shows. The thing is, there's so many hour- there's only so many hours in the musical day, and mine are very occupied right now. <laughs> Um, and Maynard breathing down my fucking neck. <laughs> right. Um, and so we'll end on my last little, um, my little, my fun little radio station mm. bit. And then we'll conclude with basically Rage is in the same position they were then. They have planned, they had planned to do a tour and play shows in 2001, two, and now three. That It's been canceled due to the pandemic and everything. I believe it plans are for it to go forward at late 2023. Yeah. Um, but that's it. They just play shows. They don't write new music. They just show up. That's kind of it. But in December 2009, a campaign was launched on Facebook by John Mortar and his wife Tracy in order to stop, most notably, the X Factor hits from becoming almost automatic Christmas number ones on the UK <laughs> singles chart. <laughs> so basically, the X the X Factor is like an American Idol type competition reality show. It's and like America's Got Talent. Yeah, whatever. There's a million of them. Yeah. Whatever one you like, you got it. Um, Oh, I guess, yeah, because it's not just singing. Yeah. But in the UK, whoever would win the X Factor, they would put a Christmas song out, and then that would be number one on the Christmas singles chart yeah. every year. And so for some reason, this guy and his wife didn't like that. <laughs> they didn't like it at all. Um, So they... Uh, Fuck you, Harry Styles. <laughs> basically, they generated nationwide publicity and took the track Killing in the Name to the coveted Christmas number one slot on the UK singles chart. <laughs> it, it had been uh, dominated for four consecutive years by winners from the popular TV show The X Factor. Um, before the chart was announced on December 20th, 2009, the Facebook group membership stood at over 950,000 members and was acknowledged and supported by Tom Morello, Dave Grohl, <laughs> Power McCartney, Muse, Fight Star, NME, John Linden, Bill Bailey, Lenny Henry, BBC Radio 1, Hiduken, The Prodigy, Stereophonics, BBC Radio 5 Live, and even the 2004 X Factor winner, Steve Brookstein. <laughs> um, it's like, mo- yeah, fuck it. I don't want to do a fucking Christmas song. <laughs> On the morning of December 17th, Rage Against the Machine played a slightly censored version of Killing in the Name live on BBC 5 Radio, but four repeats of Fuck You, I Won't Do What You Tell Me were aired <laughs> before the song was finally pulled. <laughs> 
Uh, during the interview before the song, they reiterated their support before the campaign and their intentions to support charity with the proceeds. The campaign was eventually was ultimately successful, and "Killing in the Name" became the number one single <laughs> in UK for Christmas 2009, <laughs> which is fantastic. Yeah, it's awesome. So that that there is Rage Against the Machine. Their slight side misadventures, and now their reunion, and basically gathering money they play shows and then give the money to charity yeah it's pretty much what they do now um which is kind of cool because that was their whole thing the whole time and yeah they live up to it the whole time neato gang um but yeah uh, tell us if you rage against the machine did you participate in 2009 did you go to Lollapalooza in 2008 did you go to Woodstock 99 did you go to bro I want to hear those stories did you go to Woodstock 99 (laughs) uh you can let us know on social medias we got Facebook Instagram those are our best two over at how I'm drunk podcast uh we got a twitch we haven't been using it quite yet my work situation's been kind of wily and squirrely and the summer is nice so we like to do things that are nice um, we but live next to a lake. <laughs> it's, it's true. It's a really big lake. Um, but anyway, you can uh, follow us over there, twitch.tv uh, slash hi, I'm drunk pod. If you hit the notification bell, uh, we'll, we're, we we like streaming. We have every plans to get back into it. We mm. just hasn't hasn't quite happened yet. So just hit that bell. You'll know exactly when we do. You don't even got to worry anymore. Yeah. Uh, last little thing there, we got a uh, an email, podcast at gmail.com. You don't feel comfortable talking to us on any other things or you have sensitive advertisement offers, send them on over. We'll open them. We'll read them. We'll let you know what's up. Um, Unless you're saying you can get us followers, then we won't read it. That's Sorry. true. <laughs> that's true. Sorry, bots. <laughs> I think that's it. What do you think? You want to get stoned right yeah. quick? Yeah, yeah let's sneak do it. out of here. Um, so video games been playing quite a few. Not gonna lie, we talked about it at the beginning. Been kind of on a little solo reflective journey. Video games have been kind of helping either, I, either as a release from the journey, or I'm like, mm. okay, I gotta stop thinking for a second. Yeah, I've yeah. done enough work today, or it helps facilitate it depending on what I'm doing. Uh, but I will recommend Naraka Blade Point. Or, or I think it's Blade Point. Yeah. Blood Point? Blade Point? Blade. Blade, I think it's Blade Point. It, uh, it's a battle royale that finally kind of got its claws in me. <laughs> but it's not. it's got ranged weapons, but it's a melee fighter. You, you got ninjas. It's like a button mashy, more Devil May Cry, straight action game combat. You're flying around. You get a grappling hook. Um you get kind of superpowers. Each character has their own power. You get to kind of customize them. It's pretty fun. It's a battle royale. Yeah. I mean, it. it's exactly... You don't a, hear us say battle royale that we're playing very often. No, so. no, no, no. <laughs> but I'm letting you know, like, it follows battle royale to a T. Like, you got your... I do. I like to do trios. You, you pick where you drop. You spawn right there. You run around, find your weapons, find your items. Hope to make it to the last man standing. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it... There are ranged weapons, but they all kind of suck. So <laughs> it's nice because you like. I always hated battle royales because like now I'm running, some dude shoots me from a fucking cliff or whatever, yeah. and that game over. Whatever. Yep. This, 
you at least like most people you're gonna hear the grappling hook mm. and then if you hear out of nowhere you're like oh fuck because then somebody's flying at you yeah and like you can grappling hook onto people and then fly like so you can get fucked pretty good but it's fun i play about three four rounds a day and then it's like okay that was a battle royale uh dip my toe into the the bloodbath that's their like just straight fight each other mode that's pretty fucking fun but it's very stressful it's non <laughs> it's non-stop fighting like you gotta it's just fight 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 hope you can run to hide to recover probably get stabbed while you're recovering which yeah <laughs> um music well i'm battle royales yes uh fortnite's uh magic is coming what you know the like crossover stuff that they did like the Godzilla they're doing one with they're doing one with Fortnite <laughs> why I don't know what could you even like <laughs> they're gonna do Fortnite cards in Magic uh well it's like or they're gonna reprints do... but with like Fortnite art right that's what okay that's where I was like how do you even it's what like... in Magic corresponds with <laughs> Because there's like the magic card that's like dance party or something like that, or that's what they changed it to because it's like was like dance something, so they changed it to dance party and it has the purple bear as the, but it's the same like ability on the card. Right, because I remember yeah with with the Godzilla and the Street Fighter ones and stuff, the like secret layer shit yeah. or whatever. They're just reprints, yeah. but the exact same wording and everything. Um, but that, uh, <laughs> I did not know they were going to do that. <laughs> That's interesting. Interesting, interesting, interesting. Music. <laughs> Go listen to Rage Against the Machine. <laughs> or The Night Watchman. Or One Day is a Lion. Or Audio Slave. Or Perfect Circle. Or Perfect Circle. <laughs> I gave you so many options. It's goddamn music month. So whatever. And TV, movies, TV, where I'm lumping it into one because there's one thing I've been caring about lately. I've been watching a lot of stuff just for whatever, but Dragon Ball Super. Mm, I, got, yeah. I, got, I got right back Shit's into it. good, dude. I, got, I hopped. But because the movie's coming out. Yeah. There, or it's out. Japanese version is out, but mm. the dubbed version comes out the day after my birthday. Oh, nice. And so I was like, I should probably watch all these again <laughs> and get caught up and see. So I started back and whew, we just fought Frieza. Oh, yeah. Fucking, whew, oh, buddy. Oh, buddy. When that little fucking bitch fucking shoots him and then the fucking... <laughs> And then the other one, he goes, oh, boy. And then Vegeta comes, and then he just bitch slaps that thing, and it goes right eh, And it's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> I forget. And sometimes I wish it was more. But then they show they they were showing cutbacks to the first Frieza fight in yeah. the first Dragon Ball Z. And then I was like, I kind of want to watch Dragon Ball yeah, Z now. Yeah, like, yeah. fuck, I miss that old hand-drawn. Like, super's great, oh, but dude, watching that old. There's something about that animation where it's just like. I don't think I would care about anything else. Like, it's so, like, Dragon Ball is, like, Dragon Ball. But, like, if if it wasn't, like, that style, I don't think I would have gave a shit about it. No, no, no. Definitely not as much. Like, the 90s, the 90s anime aesthetic 
Yeah. Is like Ghost in the Shell, like Akira, <laughs> Ghost in the Shell, the early Gundams, Dragon Ball Z, uh, just that hand drawn yeah. shit. Like yeah. you, it just it has a certain fadedness and a certain like I don't know because like especially when they were doing flashbacks in Super, it mm-hmm. was like whoa, like it almost was like it was shocking to see like yeah. how different it is because yeah. even like the backgrounds. Like the backgrounds and those things are just like watercolor with like mm-hmm. paper towel. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's just nothing. Mm-hmm. And then it's super. It's like fully animated shit. And you're just like, oh man, that that's different. But that's what I've been watching. Yeah. It's Dragon Ball Super. Nice. Because I want to watch Superhero real bad. <laughs> and I got to get to the Tournament of Power arc again. But I kind of forgot they fought Frieza. And I got super hype. Yeah, because that's a. Uh... That's when that one movie came out, right? Where Frieza like has gold. Oh, Resurrection F. Mm. Yeah, they they did the movie, and then I think Super comes okay. out because that's how they got away with like he's back. Yeah, because they even getting Beerus in there and shit. Yeah, because they like kind of give a like the one guy's like, oh, I found all your pieces and put them together, and then used the Dragon Balls, and then used our whatever chamber like. A combination of like they had a body put back together puzzle yeah. machine and then wished him back to life or mm. some some fucking shit like they just briefly say it in the show but then yeah i think they make the whole movie as like a, no this is how they did it yeah and then yeah because he just they show him real quick resurrect and then he's like oh i should train actually because i don't want to lose to goku or something <laughs> and then yeah he trains for four months and gets his golden form or yeah. whatever but then he gets his ass beat anyway. <laughs> Fuck you, Frieza. <laughs> Fucking bitch. But, uh, yeah. I think that's our episode. Hell yeah. Fucking so, chug it. Goodbye. Adios.